Welcome to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media. We provide business professionals with insights and ideas for protecting their people from the vast array of threats facing organizations today. Each week, you'll hear advice and best practices from an experienced safety leader. Here's your host, Peter Steinfeld. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. Ashley Guzman joins us today to talk about how organizations can create stronger resilience programs. Ashley is the risk manager for business continuity and crisis management at Liberty Mutual, where she has helped employees worldwide prepare for and respond to business interruptions and crises for more than 10 years. She also works on business continuity efforts on a global scale. Her passion for risk and resilience really shines through in our conversation. She discusses her suggestions for building a successful resilience program as well as her thoughts on how to improve the risk and resilience industry. Let's listen in. Ashley, what does your role at Liberty Mutual entail? So right now with Liberty Mutual, I am a risk manager and I focus on business continuity and crisis management. And so one of my main goals right now has been to work on refreshing the crisis management program for the U.S. operations. And that's about 70% of our employee population, although we are in 30 countries across the globe. So the team has actually been working on a business continuity program in the U.S., an innovation, innovation program that I've been working on as well. So we're really looking at all of the operations, streamlining our structure overall, and moving towards dashboard views for crisis decision making and business recovery, which has been very exciting for us. When I first came here to Liberty 10 years ago, we were really using incident command system, if you're familiar with that, ICS. And several years ago, we began to really migrate away from that to a more nimble, agile process. We had many more people starting to become flexible, work remotely or be on the go. So we really wanted to make sure that our crisis management system was really nimble enough, as I said, to allow for that. What are some of the biggest threats or perhaps risks that your team has focused on recently? So we're looking at business risks. We look at natural disasters. We look at threats. We look at areas of social cohesion. And so that can encompass uh, things like civil unrest. It really is a variety of things. So we look at a broad range, I would say, of risks that we're concerned about out globally, but always mindful of how we think they might impact Liberty Mutual as an organization. So I think one of the interesting things here is that our footprint is fairly broad. So anything that's major going on out there in the world, we seem to have some type of response to, even if it's only monitoring. So an example of that would be the Ukraine invasion. And so fortunately, uh, for a Liberty perspective, we don't have any employees or operations directly in country, but however, we partner with some key vendors there. And so we've been definitely monitoring and keeping abreast of that situation and also working closely with, with the vendor because of the support they provide to the organization as a whole. And more and more companies out there are outsourcing and are in these types of relationships. And so, you know, we have a concern for their well-being as well as operationally just preparing in case there are any impacts. Yeah, that's actually super valuable advice that you shouldn't just think about who you deal with on a daily basis, but think about those people and who they depend on, and then those people and who they depend on, and just see how the chain unfolds, because anyone along that line could impact the people that you rely on most and cause you issues. So that's excellent advice. 
What are the primary components of Liberty Mutual's business continuity program? We have three separate types of plans today. So we have an emergency response plan for the immediate phase of something. We have crisis management plans, and those are both location-based today, although that's starting to evolve, as you can imagine, to more a virtual. And then we have business, what we call a business continuity plan, or I might call more of a business recovery plan. We are in 30 countries, as I said, and we have almost 50,000 employees. And one of the things that we had from learnings from COVID was that, you know, as with many companies now, our workforce has become even much more dispersed than it was before. And people are working from home in greater numbers than they did previously. And we've been quite successful at that. But one of the things that we noticed, and I, I spoke of earlier of hurricanes that we responded to last year in the fall, and Ida comes to mind as one of those. And so our traditional response in terms of, you know, crisis management and looking at employee safety was to work with the linchpin of our managers at our local locations. And so our assessment from a crisis management continuity perspective was to look at all of the offices in the potential area of impact from what we're getting from the media and from, you know, services, weather services, et cetera. And then we would work very closely with the management at the local level, that local emergency response team, for example, to support them as needed. And that's still going to continue to be an element of what we do. But for example, with Ida, we started looking at that and saw that about 50% of our employees in that area were in the impact area, but not aligned with any of those local offices. So we've understood that that structure would no longer work. And that was also part of the genesis of the changes that we're making, because we're anticipating really working uh, more closely with what I call those market teams in the business in the future and, and really being collaborative with them in a way that we weren't so that we can support those locations. Because typically it's not just one part of the business that works at an office, often, especially for the larger locations, it's multiple. And so many aspects of the business could be impacted from uh, an event like a hurricane. And then beyond that, you know, we've, we had already for events like Harvey, for Hurricane Harvey, or for wildfires in California, we had already started before COVID to really look at, you know, there's a wildfire, for example, And not only looking at the locations, but looking at the potential employee footprint, because we would look at the genesis of where, you know, the epicenter of that wildfire and then try to understand who could be in that impact and who might have to evacuate because of smoke or fire, et cetera. So it's something we're already starting to do and are really just enhancing that and amplifying it moving forward. One thing you said before was just how highly responsive you guys are to change. So can you talk more about some instances where you pivoted or adapted your overall program and what that looked like? Yeah. One of the examples from a few years ago was the Boston Marathon bombing. And so that was back in 2013 and it had a a pretty big impact on our program. So our team was down on site in the back bay the next morning after the bombings. And so we set up an emergency command center at our campus. We couldn't get into, at the time, the offices where my team was located because it was part of the crime scene. So we had to improvise and we were in a conference center in our main campus across the street. And so with that, one of the learnings that we had is, you know, many of us had been trained or come from an emergency management background. And so for messaging, it's very direct, right? 
this is what you're dealing with and this is what we want you to know. And we got feedback from the organization after that event that they wanted kind of a, a richer and a bit more information, right? Then, then that direct, you know, this is an emergency and this is what we need to tell you and the office is closed. So we've really learned to be more mindful in terms of how the message was being received by employees. So we worked with our communications department and really provided, and we do an ongoing basis um, through today to really provide some templates or briefings of how messages will be sent out. So they have that queued up and ready to go. And that's adaptable as that's needed. So you know, that definitely was a learning for us and, and really taking a more aligned approach with our partners and communications so that we could be more cognizant of how messaging might be received by employees. It's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. How do you and your team measure the success of your continuity program? Today, we've been centered on what I would say is a traditional compliance model to really measure alignment with the requirements that we have in place, which today is really for plan reviews. The business unit that owns the plan has to review it and update it once a year. They send it into global business continuity team, re-review it for compliance elements, and it has to also be exercised. You know, so that's always going to continue to be important. But as I said earlier, we're really looking at how can we use the continuity data that we gather through the BIAs, the business impact assessments, and that is in the plan to be much more point in time or real time versus point in time. Because for us, our cadence has been every two years that we would update and conduct a BIA. And as you can imagine, with the pace of change in many organizations or most organizations today, that information get, get outdated very, very quickly. So we're really working hard with our stakeholders and those you know, owners of other information to make sure in the future uh, it's as up to date as it can be. But the driver is really making sure that people have the information so that when a crisis happens, they can make the best decision possible with that information. So it gets beyond just that simple, what's your recovery strategy? But that dashboard view of, okay, how many employees do I have in this location that could be impacted by this event? You know, are there any critical vendors that are in that area or that are servicing these critical elements of the business? You know, what are the locations? You know, all of those pieces are dependent on the whatever is going on in the event. And so we want to make sure that people, again, have as much information as they can for that process. In your opinion, do you think there's an expectation for insurance companies to excel at risk mitigation, just given the industry? From a business continuity perspective, I'm very fortunate to work with a company that their job is risk and really trying to understand exposure. So the easy part for me is that I don't have to sell business continuity as being important because they understand it. So that really is helpful from a resilience standpoint and they're cognizant of that. They're definitely looking at resilience overall throughout the organization. Yeah, definitely. You it's know? better than the opposite yeah. that a lot of our listeners have, which is nobody's listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> well, getting personal, I know you were really passionate about the risk and resilience space before you transitioned into your role at Liberty Mutual. So what sparked that passion and why does it remain a top priority for you? So I think like many people, I did not look for this work. I think in a way it found me. And so for me, my journey started after 9-11. And I think like a lot of people, I wanted to help. 
and I wanted to give back and, you know, support my community and support the U.S. for what we were going through at that time. And I had applied for a position with the American Red Cross, their September 11th recovery program in New York City. So I worked on a 14-month recovery program, which was pretty exciting, difficult, very rewarding. And I say that I got the disaster bug. I just wanted to continue to do that work afterwards. So I always say that from resilience, I don't just look at it from the planning aspect, but also the people aspect. And it continues to be, you know, a passion of mine. Well, is there anything that you wish you had known or that would have better prepared you for a career in risk and resilience that could perhaps help some of our listeners who are early in their careers? You know, I think very few people in my age group went to school for this or even really thought about it as a career. Like I said, it wasn't something that your high school counselor would would tell you to get into BCM. So the closest I could get to in my professional career was through DRI and BCI certifications at that time. But I've been really uh, happy to see there's now, you know, college level course programs out there, whether that's emergency management or business continuity or crisis management, et cetera. So I like that we're formalizing the industry more. I think that's good too, because it's providing some minimum standards across the board. So that's, you know, areas that, that I have gotten involved in the past. I was a senior instructor at a small college, so helped to educate healthcare administrators. And I'd like to see more of that. I think one of the areas that could be great and we could expand upon in the future is really providing support to each other. And I know we have great organizations like DRI and BCI and ACP out there, but there, there need to be more venues. We just need to really find a way to educate young people that were here and that this is a, a career path for them. Well, Ashley, we appreciate you taking the time to join us today. It was really helpful to hear about how a global organization like Liberty Mutual approaches business resilience, along with some of your personal philosophies and experiences. Just gives us a really clear picture on how organizations can apply some of that knowledge to build their own programs. Great. Thank you. I really appreciate uh, you asking me to be here. Well, thanks again to Ashley and to all of you for joining us on the Employee Safety Podcast. I hope you'll subscribe to the show at Alert Media's website or on your favorite podcast player. We'd also appreciate you giving us a rating on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Have a safe week, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Employee Safety Podcast from Alert Media, the industry's most intuitive emergency communication and threat intelligence solution. To learn more about how to protect your people and business during critical events, visit alertmedia.com. Until next time.